1: True Crime Number Sleeps Podcast. I am your host, Larry Leach. Today, we're diving into the murder. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. What is Pondex, you ask? And it's a great question. Pondex is a unique tool to engage with your audience, grow your audience with Pondex in the palm of your hand. You can check them out today at pondix.com and use the promo code LARRY21 for 10% off your order. We'd also like to thank Audible. Are you interested in receiving a free audio book of your choice? Sign up today at audibletrial.com slash larry21. And now, as always, you can be a part of the show by sending us a voicemail. number is on your screen. Uh, send us a note, either about the case we're working on, cases that we should be looking at, or anything else you'd like to add to our discussion and topic. But Without further ado, moving on to the wood Chipper murder. Once again, this is a special episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm actually recording live from Tampa, Florida. So, let's dive right into the background. When Helen Crafts disappeared without a trace in 1986, her friends feared the worst. She just made the decision to leave an unhappy marriage, but what if her husband, Richard, had held tight on to, till death do us part? Born on July 4th, 1947, in Lynn, Denmark, she was her parents' only child. She grew up in a small Danish village where she was known to be an outgoing and vibrant child, who made friends with everyone. She absolutely loved studying, she learned to speak French and English during her teens, and was also able to understand German, Norwegian, and Swedish. Man, I can barely understand Spanish. Language skills proved useful later in her life as she was making career choices. She attended college in England and worked as an aunt. I can never get this right. I'm pair in France before getting a job as a stewardess with Capital Airways. Later, when she heard Pan Am World Airways was looking for stewardess in Copenhagen, she applied for the job among two others. She ended up being one of eight candidates sent to Miami for training courses. During her time in Florida, she lived in a small motel near the airport, similar to many airline employees and flight attendants and pilots as well. It was in that motel where she met her future husband. At the time, on May 24, 1969, she was just over 20 years old, and her beautiful features, long blonde hair, high cheekbones, and a gorgeous smile turned heads wherever she went. One of those heads belonged to a scruffy-looking 31-year-old airline pilot named Richard Crafts. Richard was pretty far from stereotypical image of a pilot, being 5'8", with a medium frame and easily forgettable looks. Still, there was something in him that women found irresistible, and he always seemed to have a woman next to him, typically a stewardess. So it was not surprising that Richard... Eventually began to show interest in her. There was just one problem. Richard was already engaged to someone else at the time. However, that detail did not seem to bother Helen, who continued to see Richard despite his numerous affairs with other women. For the next few years, she and Richard were having an on again, off again kind of relationship until they found out in 1975 that Helen was pregnant. Following the news, the couple got married in November that year in New Hampshire, which would, unfortunately, prove to be the worst decision in her life. Richard himself said that basically the only reason they got married was that the pregnancy was too advanced for a doctor to perform an abortion. Not exactly a good basis for marriage. Nevertheless, Richard and Ellie moved to a ranch home in Newtown, Connecticut. And in the following years, they had two more children. While Richard's uh, salary as a pilot was more than enough to support the whole family, she continued working as a flight attendant and enjoyed her job way too much to give it up. To have someone watch over the kids, perhaps hired again an au pair, hate saying that word, 19-year-old Don Marie Thomas. Arrangement like that, Richard and she brought in over $125,000 together, around $400,000 in today's dollars. So the family could have lived quite comfortably, but mostly it was just Richard who spent money on anything he pleased handguns, rifles, crossbows, landscaping equipment, tractors, uh, mowers, and $25,000 tobacco, which was never used. Richard spent Hours each week taking care of his gun collection, rather than spending any time with his family. And if he was not playing with his toys, Richard would disappear for days at a time without letting his wife know where he was. Truth is, Richard never stopped seeing another woman. Not even when Henley was pregnant or at home with a newborn child, uh, baby. Even though Richard never admitted to having affairs, Henley was aware of his infidelity. She just chose to tolerate it for the longest time. Perhaps for the children's sake. But there is a limit to everything, and in this case, it's not just Richard seeing other women. On one occasion, Helly was seen out in public with bruises on her face, and her friends knew about Richard's violent rage. Deep down, Helly knew she needed to get out of the destructive uh, marriage. And now we're going to dive right into the disappearance of Helly. By uh, the summer of 1986, Helly had been openly speaking about leaving Richard with the, her friends and eventually retained a divorce attorney and hired a private detective. Heli suspected that Richard was once again having an affair and wanted Keith, the uh, recently hired um, private investigator, to collect evidence, which she did, as Heli saw the photographs proving her suspicions. <laughs> She uh, decided then, then and there it was time to break the news to Richard. On November 18, 1986, Ellie was dropped off at a home by a friend around 7 pm after a flight from Frankfurt, Germany. Ellie was having, was feeling confident that evening. She was ready to take the first step towards a better life for her and the kids. She was going to speak with Richard. How exactly that conversation unfolded, only he knows as Helly would not be there to tell the story. During the night, a snow blizzard cut off the electricity at the craft's pop- property. In the morning, Richard decided to drive the kids and their nanny to his sister's house. Curiously, Hillie was not with them. Neither Don nor the kids had seen her, and Richard only gave vague answers when asked where Helly was. Apparently she was going to join them later, even though Richard knew very well that was never going to happen. A few days passed and still no Heli. Eventually her absence was noticed at Pan American, so she as she did not show up for work. They were unable to contact her for an explanation for unusual behavior. Pan American called Richard, who had a rather strange story to tell. According to him, Heli had traveled to Denmark to take care of her sick mother. Perhaps someone could have believed Richard's explanation for his wife's sudden absence, if just he would not have told a completely different version to others who were asking about Helly. some of her friends, Richard claimed she had gone on vacation with a friend to Florida or the Canary Islands, even though she had scheduled shifts at work. Needless to say, Hilly's friends, who had never really liked Richard and basically hated him at this point, did not believe a word that came out of his mouth. So they decided to contact Helly's lawyer, who then talked to the private investigator, Keith Mayo, apparently. Apparently, the last time Heli had met with her lawyer, she had said something quite alarming. Quote, if anything ever happens to me, don't think it was an a- accident. And now we're going to dive into the investigation. But before we do, we'd like to highlight Audible again. Uh, Audible's a great Source for audiobooks of all kinds of genre from action adventure, true crime, uh, the list goes on. Audible is a sp- subscription service, excuse me, that allows you to buy audiobooks that you can listen to on your phone. Audible allows you to choose from a gigantic array of audiobooks narrated by some amazing narrators, which you can listen to from anywhere your phone, your uh, computer. Uh, your fire TV, anymore. Right now, I'm listening to The Dead Zone by Stephen King, narrated by Oscar-winning actor James Franco. the chilling story of a high school teacher who falls into a coma and wakes up with psychic abilities. In all seriousness, audiobooks are great for when you're alone. And maybe you should stop with the YouTube for a bit. If you want a free audiobook of your choice, which there are countless great audiobooks on Audible, and this deal includes newly released books as well, or newly released audiobooks, I should say. You can go to audibletrial.com/literary21. But for now, let's dive into the investigation. Which, like we've seen with other murders, like the Chris Watts family murder. Richard kept changing his story over and over again. In the following days, it seemed not to care at all that nobody had been able to contact Helly and confirm her whereabouts. The funny thing is that in addition to being a pilot, Richard actually worked as a part-time police officer in Southbury and had taken his job very seriously. But now, as his own wife seemed to have vanished from the face of the earth, Richard just sat back and did nothing. Meanwhile, Ellie's friends kept calling the authorities, telling them about Richard's true nature, and asking about the progress of the investigation. Despite Richard acting strangely, the investigators initially found no evidence suggesting he had something to do with Ellie's disappearance. However, that was all about to change. But the truth about what had happened to Ellie began to unfold when the police interviewed Don, the I'm not even going to try to say the word anymore, but the nanny. She told the detectives that just after Henley went missing, she noticed a dark stain on the rug in the master bedroom. Don was not sure what caused the stain. The weirdest thing was that Richard removed that part of the carpet soon after without trying to clean it first. After Don's revelation, the detectives decided to check on what Richard had been using his money for lately. The first few items could have been seen as completely innocent. Comforter, bed sheets, and a freezer. But as the investigators saw that Richard also purchased a chainsaw and rented a wood chipper, they began to worry. Even though they did not want to believe this guy had done what they thought there were there were way too many red flags, excuse me. Now they just needed to find the right location, which was provided by a snowplow driver, Joseph Hines. Joseph Told the detectives he had seen a wood chipper on the bridge at the Tonic River around 3 30 a.m. on November 20th, two days after Hilly disappeared. Only one hour later that same night, Joseph had seen a wood chipper on Blue on River Road, excuse me, and wondered who needed to use a machine like that in the middle of the night. The investigators were quite sure they knew exactly who. They rushed to search the Lake Zor area and quickly discovered tiny wood chips under a layer of dead leaves. Knowing they were on the right track, the team continued to rake the ground carefully. As soon as they saw strands of blonde hair, the investigators got their confirmation that they had indeed found heliographs. In the end, the police recovered. 69 pieces of human bone, two teeth, three ounces of human tissue, portion of the human finger, one fingernail, one part of the toenail, and five droplets of human blood. All that was left of Haley. The investigators also discovered a chainsaw from the huge river with blonde hair still attached to its blade. Even though someone had tried to scratch off the serial number, the police were able to recover it and the number matched a warranty card that belonged to Richard Kraffs. At this point, the authorities had a pretty clear idea of what had happened the day. Ellie disappeared. Likely, she had broken the news about the divorce to Richard, after which he had bludgeoned her in her bedroom. Richard then placed his wife's body in a large freezer. The frozen body was much cleaner to cut into pieces with a chainsaw. In those pieces, Richard put through the wood chipper, destroying Helly's body. Richard must have been proud of his brilliant plan, but unfortunately for him, the investigators were able to find enough of Heli to say for sure she was dead, even though there was no entire body. Richard was eventually arrested on January 18th, or excuse me, January 11th, I should say, 1986, at 12.30 a.m. After he had first complained to the police about how tired he was and asked if they could take him in the morning instead. Let us know your thoughts on this case in the comments section below. Uh, I want to hear what your take is on all this. What do you think all these guys snap and end up killing their wives? Like this guy, but also, you know, Chris Watts, Scott Peterson. Uh, the list goes on. There's. But hey, if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, and hopefully take this show on the road. I'd love to report from uh, true crime spots in California, Texas, Florida, which I can't really do today even though I'm in Florida. It's just too lengthy of a process to do on the spot. But your support can help that make that happen. Uh, go to buymeacoffee.com TCNS. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. Take care you've been listening to the true crime never sleeps podcast thank you for listening you can follow us on facebook at true crime never sleeps podcast and on twitter at true crime ns and follow us on instagram at true crime never sleeps thanks for watching if you want to support the show buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tcnn, or become a patron at patreon.com slash true crime never sleeps
0: mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino online
1: i was only playing for fun so winning was a dream come true
0: chumba casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes